G'day, amigos, and welcome to the Four Diego's here on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. Rodrigo Rodrigo is with you on a coolish, uh, Rodrigo Rodriguez on a coolish, uh, Wednesday night. Warren, speak when you're spoken to. Vinny Venezuela, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Rodrigo. Good to be here. Yes, and Carlos Alberto Diego, you're here as well. Yes, yeah, so Rodrigo squared apparently tonight. <laughs> there you go. And, uh, and Warren, um, now your mic's on, you can, you can talk. Welcome. Good evening, Rodrigo Good evening. Rodriguez. Oh, come on. Come on. You know, no, they, that's a mistake early on the show. That's noted. Oh, geez, it's actually second week blues for you. You know, we, you came back with a bang last week, but you know, sometimes you're a bit flat second week around. Yeah. Let's, so let, good luck with it. Let's leave the air check till after the show, guys, because <laughs> uh, our listeners don't want to hear it. No, hey. it's ugly radio, Warren. It Absolutely. It's ugly radio. It is. Hey, thanks to finding another great show. He'll be back tomorrow from seven. And, uh, Boys, uh, it's good to be back here on a Wednesday night again. For, you know, first show last week after a bit of time off. Uh, we're feeling good now. The FFA Cup has just been on. And yeah. What about the romance, Carlos? You talk, uh, say, can you say it? Romance. Romance. Yes. It <laughs> was just beautiful tonight. We've got a big Rogich. show because we... Pubis. Osteotis pubis. Ryan. Anyway. Yeah. I could have been a, you know when you, I could you have know been when a contender. You know when you got osteitis pubis yep. the way you said it? Yep. It doesn't sound anywhere near as painful as what it would in its normal, its normal sense. The pain's always there, Warren. Mm. It, there's, no, there's no acute pain. It's just there. It's just there. We've got a big show for you tonight, and as... What a great start. <clears throat> and uh, we, uh, we'll catch up with Mike McGrath from the UK, from the sun in the UK. And uh, there's not a lot of sun in the UK at the moment in Edgbaston, where Australia is three for 72. And Rogers is 35. Uh, not too dizzy today. <laughs> and Voges is 12. Um, Clark was out for 10. Warner for two. And Smith for seven. They're the cricket scores. But let's do the FFA Cup scores now, boys, because uh, it was, there were four matches tonight. Well done to Fox Sports oh, for covering it. It was a great again. Even the little horn, yeah. you know, during the game when there was a goal at another fixture. I, I didn't like Did the horn. Hear? I didn't, no, I didn't, I didn't no, like it. It, 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 took me, it. it took me a while to get <laughs> used to the horn. <laughs> it did. I didn't mind it. It made me laugh the first it couple did. of times, it, it, I've got to say. It scared the living daylights out of me at first. I think actually Brendan Speed jumped out of his chair for a moment. <laughs> he did. But then I got used to it after a while. Oh, it was you, okay. You did, Carlos. Yes. Yeah. They do it well. And I'll tell you what. If they get down to the round of 16 and the round of 8 and all that sort of stuff and they don't cross the games, <laughs> I'll get a piece of my mind. Yeah, no, no. Because they, they pulled the plug. They gave us they did. this beautiful around-the-ground thing last year and suddenly at the uh, round of 16, suddenly no around-the-grounds. Nothing. Yeah, Nothing. No. It's just the game. Look, it was fantastic tonight. And, uh, look, there's going to be some... Uh, very sorry and sad South Melbourne supporters because uh, they lost on penalties tonight to... It was uh, a great game. It was Actually, a great game to Palm Beach. End Chart. on end. Yeah, let's just do the scores now, Warren. Um, it was <laughs> one all at full time and in the end it was 8-7 on penalties. Uh, Luic scored uh, and then Matic scored a penalty to make it one all. Heidelberg United defeated Broadmeadow Magic 3-1. Great goal from Petrie, then Shepard yeah. and Heffernan scored for Heidelberg. Um, Hume City and uh, Brisbane Strikers went into extra time. It goal was, It was two all. Mm. And the last uh, two goals of full time scored in the uh, 91st minute. So um, basically it was a fantastic game. Well done to Hume City. 4-3 in the end. And the goal that separated both sides was a known goal for Brisbane Strikers. Have they named the player? Hensley. Oh, tell you what, is he going home tonight? Well, is he on his way back to Brisbane or not? Well, he scored twice. He scored once for his team and once for yeah. the other team. But uh, Hegarty scored. Schroen scored uh, twice as well. And uh, then uh, in the other game, um, Blacktown were defeated by Metro Stars, the South Australians 2-1. There you go. 
So bad and they luck came back. I mean, they came back. Uh, they were one 0 down too. Yeah, MB, M, NPL national champion. Yeah, yeah. I love it because it's shop window. It was it's shop yeah. window for all those players. It's like I tell you what, there wasn't too many fatties out there tonight, was there? It's a I mean, different game, Carlos, they, from when you the were boy, playing. The boys have slimmed down specifically either for tonight for the cameras or because they're trying to play a bit of shop window football. They're, I didn't see any fatties. What colour do you wear to slim yourself? <laughs> the slimming colours. Well, yellow's slim. not that slimming for no, Brisbane no, strikers. That was a that was a real that was a very very good game. Like it was played under Clive Palmer like conditions with only a couple of thousand people there at the. Um, the pitch looked fantastic. Oh yeah, it's a great pitch. They played well, Melbourne City played mm, Man City there a week or so ago. And I know Palm's uh, Palm. Palm Beach Sharks actually went a little bit deep into the competition last year, but they didn't impress me as much. Tonight, they're actually quite a good side. And I thought South Melbourne pretty resilient too. Uh, Lewis up front. I think he's dead. Now, our South Melbourne fans out there, I know you're you're really upset right now, but can you please please answer this question? Is the boy Lewis, Milos Lewis, is he the son of Strasko Lewis, who used to play for Wichita JUST? Please either text us or give us a ring and let us know. Because uh, because he, he looked he looked a really good player and I think he had a similarity to his dad zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen on the text or nine four two nine eleven sixteen give us a call tonight mm. if you're a South Melbourne fan and you're feeling a bit sorry you played a fantastic game yeah. I thought you should have won Heidelberg United if you're a Hume City fan you must be yeah. absolutely cock a hoop <laughs> the P there Warren um, 9429-1116 oh, I love... it was cock a hoot no nah, it's cock a hoop would love to take your calls 9429-1116 what do you think first week in of the FFA Cup boys um what did you make of it? Oh, look, I thought uh, for the return of the South Melbourne and Heidelberg, former big, big clubs in the old NSL, um, a bit disappointed for South Melbourne because they really primed themselves up. There was articles in the paper about using this competition as a springboard, perhaps to be part or you know, to put a proposal in for the new expanded A-League down the track. And, and it doesn't help when you get knocked out on penalties in the first game. But Heidelberg are a team that's had their ups and downs since their halcyon days of the old NSL. And, uh, and you know, I mean, the club was only broke a couple of times in the last 10 years, but they've come back. They're, they're a really well-run club at the moment, really good team. And when they went 3-0 up in that game, I'm thinking, hey, this is a very emphatic away from home against Broadmeadows Magic, who were a team that uh, were in the competition last year and actually did quite well from memory. Yeah, no, the thing that, and I don't know whether this would be true, I would have thought that this competition, even when you looked at state league teams, would be dominated by, I would have imagined, Victorian and New South Wales teams being perhaps the strongest in the biggest populations with the biggest competition. But there doesn't seem to be that much difference between the best teams in each state. By the time we get to this state league level, like the Palm Beach game, you would have naturally thought, even though it was in, it was on the Gold Coast, that South Melbourne would have had the strength to be able to win. Again, to, again a South Australian side's been able to get through. So it does show you that beneath the top level that there is good talent, and I'm not saying I it's great see, talent. No, I but didn't see anyone. Look, I, I saw the South Melbourne Palm Beach game. You saw all that. Now, if yep. you want to watch the other ones, I think they're going to be replayed at some time. Uh, but the Palm Beach game, I didn't see anyone of A-League standard, but I saw some decent footballers. And so if there ever is going to be a second division, I think we've got a good, you know, technically gifted group of players who aren't necessarily A-League standard but could do a really good job well, at, a, at a second yeah, division. It's pretty hard being A-League standard if you're not playing full-time yep, as well. But uh, I think you can... 
what what always excites me about the FFA Cup is that it's sort of it's particularly now that it's getting broadcast um, and it, it's got TV behind it, is that you can see that there's depth in the game and it's building momentum and so it's part of that that the narrative that uh, the A League and the FFA has started to build and mm. is continuing to build and so it's the next chapter which I think gets heads turning. Yeah. Is there a culture, Carlos, and you'd probably be able to best answer this question, like um, Reese was the central defender for Palm Beach and he, of course, finished his career playing for the Gold Coast side. Is there a, is there a culture amongst, you know, footballers, soccer players, that if they've played at the top level, that they will go back and play in state league competitions and then filter down into other competitions? And I'd like to see that happen more, that, you know... There's a lot. There's not very many A League contracts out there, and guys who might retire, who or who fall off lists, go back and play because I think that will add to the depth of the competition and will bring. Yeah. I think it's twofold. It brings younger players on more quickly, but also adds to those teams and the competition. Because I think for this FFA Cup, and I don't think it'll happen second year, we need, you know, we need a couple of upsets where state-based teams yeah. beat. A-League teams, particularly in this early part of the competition. And you want your three or four former A-League players who maybe didn't cut it yep. and were just there and they they want to have the game of their life against an A-League opposition. Mass Madoka, by the way, has dropped down and he's playing for Avondale Heights. I think it's only a guest in at the moment. But, uh, is he captain coaching? Uh, no, I don't think he's coaching. I, I, you could be right, actually. I'm not sure about that, but I know that he's playing for Avondale Heights and... Uh, and that's the NPL, and uh, and apparently he's being remunerated quite well for his stint there. So I think if you can start paying some decent money at that level, and I think you know some of these clubs can, uh, you'll get you know your Barker Dacias who are playing for South Melbourne. He's yep. another guy who's gone down a level. Uh, so he can be in the shop window to go high because he's still young enough and good enough. And there's a couple of other players who are playing for Palm Beach who are the same. So, boys, the hot topic tonight will be around the FFA Cup, of course, on zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen with the three non. Um, well, how many how many uh, Victorian teams are remaining that are non A League teams? Well, anyway, the yep. non A League teams that are remaining, which will be. Your Cinderella story. Yeah, and, uh, and the ones that are remaining are Heidelberg, Heidelberg. they won tonight, Hume, and also Oakley Cannons, Oakley Cannons who are playing yes. uh, on the 11th of August. There you go, there you go. Zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Which non-A-League teams will be the Cinderella story, do you think, after you know what you've heard and what, yeah. you, saw, what you saw tonight? And why? And tell why. us why. Tell us about the players, tell us about the coaching. Why will they... Uh, be spectacular in sudden death situations because that's what this uh, FFA Cup's all about. Just got a text message here. Go Palm Beach uh, Sharks. Regards, Mick Fanning. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't he lucky? Wasn't he just... Anyway, let's not talk about that. But uh, it was it was a fantastic night tonight. Um, we're trying to get uh, Jeff Olver, actually, yeah. the um, assistant coach of Heidelberg, and uh, it'd be great to hear him, obviously, the former Socceroo, and uh, got some questions of him zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. We'll take your calls as well nine four two nine eleven sixteen. If you're a if you're a South Melbourne supporter, how do you feel? I mean, you know, they, Carlos. I mean, they were and and boys. They were um, almost talking about uh, a return to the A League, and they're really pushing yeah. uh, for that. And uh, you know, they, they've done some fantastic things behind the scene. Behind the scenes, South Melbourne, they were devastated after that game tonight, weren't they? Yeah, there was articles before the game saying this, could, this was going to be a bit of a platform for them 
uh, going to the next level and hopefully being accepted to maybe a group of uh, new teams in the new uh, A League or an expansion of A League, you know, in 2017 or even before that. Uh, but what you know, I mean. I mean, I've, I've spoken to the FFA, and we know that's in their constitution now that you can't, uh, they won't be, you can't be building new clubs on the basis of ethnic lines. You can't be doing that. And I don't want to go down into that conversation territory because we've had it a million times before. So if South Melbourne do want to do that, uh, a run in the uh, FFA Cup, even if they won the FFA Cup, it's not going to make a difference. It doesn't matter how good their business is at the moment. It doesn't matter about how good a stadium deal they've got. It, you know, you've got to change your, you know, you've got to change your look. You've got to change what your, you know, what your, the name of the club. You've got to change a lot about the club if you want to be accepted into the new A League down the track. And uh, and that's not me just saying that. That's the FFA who have been. You know, inserted that into their constitution, and uh, and I remember David Gallup doing it sometime during the last World Cup. So it's been out there for a while. So if they're going to be going in, they can't be going into South Melbourne. Constitutions can change, Carlos. And all I'm going to say is, I wouldn't say on the face of it that con- that a constitution needs to change, but bearing in mind the difficulties some teams have had from starting afresh financially, that. The concept of an established team with history, with some backing, with some substance and some fans in terms of making it through that period of establishment in a new competition doesn't seem the most stupid idea to me. So on one hand, you've got those issues around, you know, the cultural links that the clubs have got. But on the other hand, you have some real strengths in those teams yeah, having you're, you're a get, basis. But what the problem here is this South, South Melbourne could be an excellently run club. They actually could have the more, more potential in Melbourne City. I mean, there's no question that that could happen, right? But it's a perception of the league. What we left behind and why people are, are embracing the A-League, um, part of it is because they don't want to go back to the old uh, NSL or or the the you know the ethnic um, the ethnic themes around the the old NSL. Uh, if if they start bringing that back, you'll lose a lot of people because they'll think they'll be going back to the future, and that's not what they're that's not what people are wanting to do. Look, I think that if they rebranded as um, Melbourne South. That could be enough to just uh, get people looking their way <laughs> and asking a few new questions. But look, I don't know. I, I think that uh, we're in the 21st century now, and and I think that you you probably will need to go back and look at it and and, and do your your due diligence and your research. I I know that uh, South Melbourne is a club with a long heritage uh, with a particular uh, ethnic group, and that's that. So be it. But I I think that you. you once you put put them in an A-League, theoretically, if you put them in an A-League with a different group of fans, I think you're going to get a different uh, atmosphere at games. You're going to have the rivalry and the tension, but I don't think it could ever be the same anyway, I suspect. I really wanted them to win tonight. It was such a shame in the end. There's a text message from Moondog in uh, Coburg North. I'd love for South Melbourne to one day play in the A-League, but that dream seems a long way away right now. We're lacking some quality midfielders. Um, next FFA Cup, watch out for Rosebud Hart. That's Dalton in Frankston. Um, and great win for Hoddleberg. They can go all the way. They'll be the Cinderella story. Hey, we'll take a break now. It's uh, 5 for 82 at Edgbaston in the third test between Australia and England. Uh, Voges was out for 16 and Marsh made naught. So uh, England right on top in the cricket in the first day of the 
first third test rather under cloudy skies at Edgbaston. Let's take a break now. Come back with more of the Diego's on eleven sixteen SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. Yes, we're here on a Wednesday night, a cool Wednesday night, I've got to say, on FFA Cup night where uh, there was some mixed bag results here. South Melbourne. Uh, were defeated by Palm Beach Sharks on penalties. It was one all at full time, and then it was 8-7, and so South Melbourne are out. Um, in the other games, Hume City defeated Brisbane Strikers in extra time 4-3, which was a, a great victory. Blacktown City were defeated by the Metro Stars Soccer Club uh, 2-1 from South Australia. But uh, in another game, which was a fantastic uh, performance from Heidelberg United, they defeated Broadmeadow Magic. And uh, we've got former Socceroo and Heidelberg United, assi- United assistant coach Jeff Olver on the line. Welcome to the show, Jeff. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Yes, you've got Rodrigo here. Vinny's here as well. Warren's um, not focused. But, uh, <laughs> and Carlos is here as well. Hey, congratulations, uh, Jeff, to you and your team. You must be absolutely thrilled with that performance. Yeah, great. Uh, under the, obviously the circumstances of the day that obviously everybody's aware of. Um, yeah, great performance by the boys um, to get up uh, the ground was you know to go away and uh, come to Newcastle. Ground was quite heavy, but our performance in the first half pretty much set up the, the game for us. Our performance was excellent. Uh, they got one towards the end, but uh, we did enough for we obviously to get the result, which was fantastic. Jeff, it's Carlos, and congratulations on the effort. I know you guys put a lot into it. You're very excited about going up to the Gold Coast. Uh, you mentioned that there were circumstances of the day. I wanted to talk more about the game first. We might as well get this out of the way. Of course, Griffin McMaster was dropped before the game because of uh, unsavoury tweets that he sent out about Adam Goods. Can you tell us about how that all uh, sort of came about today? Uh, to be honest, I'd rather not. I think it's, uh, you know, it was, it, it, let me put it this way. I've been involved in the game um, as a coach for nearly 30 years and it's, I've never experienced a, an afternoon like, well, an afternoon that we had today. So it's something that uh, when I do write a book, it'll definitely get a, a couple of paragraphs in it. But uh, at this stage, yeah, we were uh, advised certain things and as everybody's aware, Griff didn't play and uh, to be fair, Jason Contadondos came in and and did an excellent job. So you know, I'd rather sort of focus on the positives, and w- once we get back to Melbourne, we'll address the other issues at the appropriate time, I think. Well, congratulations, anyone, for taking the action you did anyway, Jeff. I mean, you've been applauded across across the media for the action that the club took uh, for the uh, social media, the use of social media by uh, Griffin McMaster. But about the game itself, tell us about the preparation. Uh, of course, we love the stories about the, the amateurs or the semi-professionals that have to leave their jobs or leave study and you know travel and... And, and play their game and then come back you know, to go to work and stuff. Tell us how hard it was for you guys to get up there and perform the way you did. Well, again, you know, as we say, preparation's everything. So, you know, uh, credit to the club and credit to, to the players. We decided uh, under the FFA, obviously, the, the FFA pay a certain amount towards the, the travel and accommodation. Uh, initially, we were supposed to be coming up on the Wednesday, but the club and the players then decided that between ourselves and the players in the club that we would pay for the additional additional night to come up on the Tuesday, which we did yesterday. And, um, you know, we've been hosted by the local Greek Club Olympic here. They've been fantastic. So we uh, arrived last night, uh, breakfast this morning, and, and then we did a, a light uh, light, uh, light session at their club uh, sort of mid-morning, go through a bit of organisation. Um, and then uh, lunch and pre-match and went through, and obviously we had the issue of the afternoon, which we had to deal with. And, um, you know, the boys were just... Um, were just uh, you at know, a disco. At a group, <laughs> group, group restaurant. And, no, no, you're at a disco, aren't you, Jeff? Surely. 
No, not the disco. No, my days of disco are well. Really, I'm going back to the hotel for a couple of uh, well-earned bourbons, I think, and, uh, and then we're up in the morning. But no, it's been great. I think um, you know opportunities like this, as we said all along, you know, puts the club back on the uh, the national stage, and there's great opportunities for players to put themselves in the shop window. And we feel a couple of boys did that tonight. So hopefully, you know, not that we want to lose players, but. Ultimately, in the day, it's about allowing players to progress and hopefully go to the next level. And we believe we've got a couple of players in our team that are quite capable to do that, to be honest. Jeff, uh, Vinnie Venezuela here. A couple of things. First of all, uh, to help with your first issue, don't give them the uh, Wi-Fi password. <laughs> that might stop them tweeting. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, he's... Uh, yeah, he's uh, yeah. Yeah, we, won't, we won't go there. You don't have to answer. But uh, look... You know, we often talk about the FFA Cup being a Cinderella story. You know that. That. What does it mean to to players on the inside? So, from your perspective, working with with these guys, you know, this is kind of like their chance. Do they set up differently for the game? Um, no, I mean we've. You know, we've, the, the, I think the reason the club has had success over the last couple of years is basically on the environment we've created at the club, and uh, that's worked really, really well for us. So. I mean, we, we obviously at the start of the year as a club, we set certain goals and, and certain things we want to achieve. And, and so far, you know, our goal uh, was to try and get to the, the last 32 of the cup. Obviously, we got, unfortunately got knocked out of the semi-final of the Doherty. Um, and obviously, we're still in the mix to obviously um, the top two, and hopefully, we can you know do well. But I think you know, as we say all the time, these opportunities as a player and as coaches don't come along every day. And uh, while we're here, we're gonna, you know, the players and, and the committee and the club themselves are gonna try and uh, make every post a winner, and that's what we're hoping to do. Now, Jeff, as a Novacastrian by birth myself, I'm sort of half disappointed but half happy for you. How um, how much scouting do you do, or how how aware are you of of your opposition going into these games in terms of preparing, or is it more just about yourselves and not worrying so much about the opposition? No, no. Well, lucky enough, I've got. Uh, I've got a few friends that live in Newcastle that are involved in the game. Um, so we managed to get a couple of those to go and have a look at a couple of their games and, and get some information on how they set up in terms of their, their corners and all that type of stuff. And obviously, um, with the modern technology now, the YouTube uh, you know YouTube clips and stuff. So we had a, a bit of an idea of how they set up. Uh, and obviously, we worked to that. Uh, they've obviously had a few injuries. They haven't had the best to run the last couple of weeks. But, you know, you know in a cup competition, anything's possible, um, you know, you've got to take, you know, respect everybody, and I think it, it, as it's turned out, it's turned out great for everybody at the club and the players, which is great. Now, Jeff, you know, how far are we from a, a, a fully professional second division? Uh, there's so many good people, experienced people, people of your quality, uh, coaching outside the A-League right now. I mean, you've played over 60 times for Australia in cutthroat games. You've been coaching for 25 years or so at a high level. Uh, there's people like you in the system but not coaching at A-League. And so by way of, uh, by way of uh, intellectual property, if you like, uh, outside the A-League, we've got enough people. But how far are we... Uh, or how far is a club like Heidelberg from being a, a professional club playing at a, a second division or a, some sort of second level? Uh, I, I think there's been lots of steps been taken with the um, with the NPL um, in terms of you know obviously the accreditation of coaches and and obviously the the quality of the clubs having to to lift their facilities and and all those things um, you know um, I think that the problem um, I suppose the problem is the the income streams, you know, there's only so much um, <clears throat> so much money that's around. Um, 
But I think, you know, I think that's the aim of, of clubs like Heidelberg and, and clubs like South Melbourne and so on, that they want to, you know, try and get up to that, you know, that next tier. So hopefully in the future, um, that's going to occur. So again, and I know Heidelberg and a few other, other clubs in Melbourne really want to be part of that. So. Hey, Jeff, before we let you go, uh, when you saw that goal go in from Petri from downtown, <laughs> did you uh, think it was your night? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Jack's a great character. You know, he talks himself up. He's been talking about doing that all season. So uh, I can assure you probably have a couple of quiet beers tonight. That goal will get better and better. But no, it's a great strike. Uh, you, know, um, you know, he's a great character. Uh, the other thing is that, you know, obviously, you know, Daniel Heffern and Kane Shepherd again, you know, on the mark, which is great for us. And again, at the back, as I say, young Jason Contadon has come in under extreme conditions today and did well and, so I think it was a, a great performance by the club all round, to be honest. Well, mate, you've clearly got a, a team of great characters and you're a club of great character yep. in some of the decisions you made today. As chairman of the Goalkeepers Union, well done today. <laughs> you deserve your bourbons tonight and uh, have one for the Diego's. I'd like to say have one on the Diego's, but yeah. we're not there. But uh, Jeff, have... do your stuff at Disco Inferno on the <laughs> dance floor like, you, like I know you can. Yeah, well, uh, I think it'll be in my mind only, guys. <laughs> you know, the old knees, you know, those movements are well and truly passed. But we'll definitely uh, savour the night. And as I say, I think no doubt by the end of the night, the stories will be getting bigger and better. So Absolutely. we're really looking forward to it. Good Thank on you, Jeff. Time. Thanks for your time, mate. Uh, as always, Thanks, always it. good Thank to you. talk to you. There's Jeff Oliver there, former Socceroo and assistant coach of Heidelberg United, United who defeated Broadmeadow Magic 3-1 tonight. There's so in... many good people. I, I sort of alluded to this when, uh, when I was you know, with my question to you. So many good people of really high quality and high qualifications. I mean, Jeff Oliver's one of the most highly credentialed coaches uh, in Australia as far as qualifications. He was running coaching courses 20 years ago for the, you know, the old Soccer Australia and stuff like that. Um, and there are people like him at the NPL level. So I think the actual skills and the coaching abilities and the, and the experience is there. It's just where the clubs can actually you know, get the funding and the income streams and, and see whether they can get the piece of the cake to run a decent sort of a league that people can call professional. Mm. You find the people, look, you've got people that love the game everywhere, but at that level, you love the game more than you mm. do it for anything else because uh, you know, the money isn't as, as big as it's going to be as it is in the A-League. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, good to see the A-League have a diversity, have a diversity in their model. We, we can, can't go back to ethnic-based clubs. That's from the ex-president of Heidelberg. There yeah, you go. It's true. Um, and you know, a lot of the younger guys, who are, a, lot of, a lot of the guys running clubs now at the NPL level, are young businessmen who, are, who are, you know, obviously love their club, love the love being associated with a club. Probably had their parents and and families involved when they were younger, and now they're going in. and And I think Heidelberg is a club. In the last ten years, probably could have gone under a couple of times, and uh, but they've been saved, and now it's run like a proper club, which is fantastic. Theoretically. Can you remain the same, have the same name, whether whether you're a South Melbourne or a Heidelberg United, but reposition yourself in the market? Can you, you know? I think you can. I think you can, but it's a, it's it's a big sell job. I mean, it's going to be a lot of competition for the for the spots of any in any expansion of the A League. I mean, you know, people are saying, oh, this club's not you know not making money and stuff, but there'll always be people and consortiums coming in with proposals for new clubs. I'll tell you what, you'll have three or four just from Victoria. So you've got to, you can't go in there with any doubt over what you stand for, what you're built on, and what, you know, what your motives are. Uh, so if you're, if you're going in thinking that 
you know, we're a modern Australia and, you know, we'll accept an ethnic-based club. Well, it won't happen because it's in the uh, constitution of the FFA that it won't happen and it scares the living daylights out of people, unfortunately. And I come from an era, as we all do, from loving the, the NSL and loving the state leagues before that, but we know that we can't go back there. At, at what point are you not an ethnic-based club anymore? So, for example, if South Melbourne just kept the name yep. because of its history, yep. at what point does a club like that or any, any club similar to South Melbourne... Uh, ha- can like you know when does it not become an ethnic based club when its membership is broad when uh, it its its board is broad yep. like wh- when can you let that one go you, can good you, question can you hold um, a club like South Melbourne or any other to account just because of its history or can you just say yeah you know what you were built on 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 your Greek yeah. uh, roots but we know we can tell now like South Melbourne yeah. now like as as a inner city suburb yep. you, you look at the city of Melbourne and the CBD with the with the high rise apartments, and you've got people who, you've probably got a, a ready made yeah. fan base here Fantastic. if you can capture them. Yeah. You know, someone like South Melbourne that's got sort of that, that, that's done its time in in the city geographically, yeah. surely could capture uh, that that enthusiasm. Our, our, our listeners can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that there's a real diversity in their juniors. They've got a lot of great junior. I mean, they've always been a great their junior kids club. Come from all over. The yeah, place. that's what I'm saying. Yep. So they, they're just like a normal suburban, uh, well-run junior setup with a diversity of kids in it. Um, yeah, great question, Vinny, about at what point or how can you tell? Uh, because you can have a, a, a board full of Greek young businessmen, and it doesn't have to be a Greek-based club. Uh, and you I, can't change your history, yeah, no, but you, you can do something about your future. But, but, but they are at pain saying that we don't want to get into the A-League based on our history. They've been saying, uh, judges now, and they, they do have a million-dollar turnover, and they do have uh, a great stadium deal there at uh, the lakeside and stuff like that. But for me, it's a hard sell because of perception. How do you break the, How do you break... How do you... Uh, uh, you know, break down that perception that people have if you're going to call yourself South Melbourne any proposal. And it's still fear, it's still, you know, the, the fear that runs through the FFA about going back to those days, uh, if there's a perception, that's enough for you not to get in. But that's not... Fear and perception mm. is not enough to... To prevent... But they'll find some other reason. Yeah, well, that's not good enough either. Well, I'm telling you, they'll find some yeah, other reason. They don't they? want to go back to the old inner cell days. And I love the old inner cell days, but we know what was wrong with it. Yeah, no, yeah. I agree with you. We, the, the things that were wrong with it, just because the, there were things wrong with it, it doesn't necessarily mean that they will occur again. I think that a club like South Melbourne or anyone, anyone else would probably have to work twice as hard to make sure it doesn't uh, work work like that again and but it but it is getting the foot in the door but at the end of the day if you've got a club that's financially viable and can uh guarantee turnover and make a profit versus a club that you have to go in and save like a newcastle or mm. or anyone else then i don't know like the market will also have to decide but Vinny, I, I would say i would say that they would have to then triple what they're doing right now and make the case so strong that ffa can't Knock them back. Well, they've got a determined board. I mean, reading that article the other the other day, they've got a very determined board, and that's their goal, is to be in the A-League one day. And that's a good goal to have. And, and maybe then, Vinny, it's a great question, maybe then, uh, when, you, when their financials are right, when, you know, clearly it's an inner-city suburb. It, it would have helped for them to take up 2,000 people to the Gold Coast and, and, and diverse, diversity in that group. Yep. 
that would have been the starting point. Anyway, it could happen one day. You never know. We're only 10 years into the A-League, yeah. and uh, there's plenty of time to go. Hey, let's take a break now. It's uh, 6 for 94. 6 for 94 at Edgbaston in the third test. Australia batting first uh, on a juicy pitch there, Warren. 6 for 94. Neville was out for two, I think. Uh, Marsh made zero. Voges 16. Smith, seven. Warner, two. And Clark was out for Don't 10. Don't you Ro- love the juicy Rogers pitch? Rogers is... Uh, Just went out. 45, 46 not out. Johnson's out at 7 for 94. On that note, let's take a break on the Four Diego's 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. Our team, we're totally committed to defence. I'm not sure our defence is totally committed to defence, but the rest of our team is. This has been a sad coaching moment by the Four Diego's. Welcome back on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. The Four Diego's on a big night for uh, football in this country. What a great off-season we've had. Oh, fantastic. I mean, it's almost an on-season. It's, it's just, <laughs> they've filled the gap beautifully. Yeah. Uh, I've got to hand it to the FFA this year with all the internationals and the... Um, it's the like a Hollywood ball. off-season. We've just had the stars. It yeah. is. It is. Gracing well, and to our top it shores. off, we're going to travel over to the UK and speak to the guy who's going to... He's a cherry on the cake. Absolutely. <laughs> because the... <laughs> the EPL starts very, very soon. And let's go to the UK, Carlos, as you said. And Mike McGrath joins us from The Sun. Mike, welcome to the show. Hi, guys. Thanks. Uh, I've been called a lot of things on your show, but the cherry <laughs> on the cake is quite nice. <laughs> Carlos called you that. <laughs> hey, it's been a while, mate, so welcome. Um, I won't mention the cricket score. Will you? <laughs> yeah, well, I've got it on here. I mean, you know, might get to 100 Australia, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, that's probably going to be 20 or 30 more than what you guys will get batting in your innings, Mike, but that's all right. <laughs> yeah. yes. I always love that. Yeah, batting first. You always say, you know, that you guys have got to bat on it as well. So we'll see this afternoon, our time. That's right. It's 7 for 96. Mike, welcome back. We haven't had you for, we haven't been on for a little while, but uh, Vinny's here, Warren's here, um, and Carlos is here. Warren, take it away. Uh, Mike, um, Raheem Sterling or Christian Benteke, Who's going to sport, score more goals by the end of the season, please? <laughs> I, I've got, I've got to say, no, it'll probably disappoint you, but I think Sterling. Uh, I think he's, I think that really is a great move for him, and he's, he's, um, and they've got it done quite quick. I thought it might rumble on into the, into the summer, but they've got it wrapped up pretty quickly, um, and I just think, I just don't know how Benteke is going to kind of fit into how. Brendan Rodgers plays previously at, at Liverpool. They've probably got to change their tactics a bit to to, to accommodate him. Um, so it was a bit of a... Um, it's a I, I thought it was a bit of a strange one. Benteke myself, um, he's obviously going to have to get rid of some strikers there now. But I, I think Sterling's going to be uh, one of the stars of the Premier League again this season, obviously, though, for, for a different team. Mike, it's Carlos. Uh, Raheem Sterling... I mean, even away from home, he's being booed. He was booed uh, in the in the game between uh, Manchester City and Real Madrid. He scored a goal after that. He responded pretty well. Do you expect that every game next season he's going to be booed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he can expect to cop it from from all angles, really. Um, and it probably puts maybe a little bit more pressure on him to perform um, because he was so actively wanting the move. Um, but I, I, I still think that 
if you look at that City squad, he's he's going to play in every game, um, every important game for the City, and he'll kind of be in a really good area in terms of um, the position on the pitch. He'll be supporting Aguero. I think he's got a lot of really good things going for him this move, um, and I know he, he like you say, he will he will get a lot of stick, um, and, and I suppose it'll be down to him to to respond to it. Uh, Mike, Vinny Venezuela here. Just a couple of quick questions. First of all, you know, it excites me at the end of the season knowing that the players go away and they're going to go to an island and get tanned up. Do the journos go away and get tanned <laughs> up too and you go to the same islands? <laughs> well, I mean, there's not much in, there's not much of a break really. Um, after, you know, after England finished, you know, in, in June, mid-June. Um, and obviously, my you know my salary doesn't really take me to Dubai and Vegas normally. Um, <laughs> but then he was straight back into the straight back into the tours, um, and and uh, we, we do staff them as well. So I've been in um, Los Angeles for Steven Gerrard's first game, and then uh, San Jose for Manchester United's tour. Um, and our paper and others have also sent to you know down to Australia where you've hosted games in. Uh, and Liverpool have been in Asia, Man City as well, and Chelsea in Canada and and uh, America. So we do get a bit of, bit of travelling, but unfortunately not the um, you know not the not the nice stuff in between all the action. You're effectively tanning on the job. <laughs> the, the, the question I want to ask you about Man City just. Uh just to leave it there, maybe is Pellegrini was under a bit of pressure at you know last season towards the end, particularly and, and given the results, uh, given uh, how they played and performed against uh, Real Madrid, does that put more pressure on him, or can they can he just write it off as just a friendly toy game? Yeah, I, I wouldn't read. Really, I don't think people have read too much into the actual results of all these tours. I mean, it's, it's more the stories around it and. Uh, the transfers around it, but I think Pellegrini is, yeah, he's in a very strange situation. He's got a year left on his contract. Does that affect his relationship with players? It looks very unlikely that he's going to get an extension to that contract. And Pep Guardiola seems to be waiting in the wings. We haven't got confirmation of that over here, but in in um, Abu Dhabi, they seem pretty confident about it. You know, sources over there saying that he's that that. Um, that Guardiola is going to get the City job in a year's time, so it's a really strange position. I think he's under he is under a bit of pressure because you know if if he does lose some of the players' respect because he's going, then then that can really affect their chances this season. Now, Mike, Chelsea, Arsenal, Manchester United done a little bit of business, but nothing too immense, particularly Chelsea in many ways. Do you think? They're happy with where they're at, or they're just waiting. I mean, you know that sense of do you sign before the season starts, or you're happy to go into the season. Where do you see business happening as we go forward, particularly with the likes of Chelsea? Because there is that sense that if you don't bring in lots or a number of players, you're going backwards. Where do you see, particularly them and Arsenal, perhaps going in terms of signings? Yeah, I think. At the moment, it might not sound very exciting, but I think Chelsea are going to look to replace Philip Louise, as you know, with a kind of with a left back, maybe um, with a view to you know long term a younger a younger left back who can be cover for Aspilicueta. 
which isn't the most exciting um, thing that you want to hear as a fan, maybe. But I don't, you know, it's a little bit quiet for Chelsea. I don't know um, that whether Diego Costa's injury uh, affects them at all because he, he got injured overnight our, our time anyway. Whether they'd look to maybe get one more striker in again, it'd probably be cover for for Costa and, and Remy rather than a, rather than a really big signing. So it doesn't look like. Mourinho's doing much apart from tweaking. Um, they certainly don't seem to be going in for the players with absolutely massive salaries um, and, and, and massive um, and massive fees. I think that's kind of their uh, their policy recently. That they're looking to balance the books and not, not nothing too extravagant. Uh, it seems to be looking for them, but um, yeah, at, at the moment we're not really kind of banking on somebody like you know Bale or. A big, a big player like that uh, going to Stamford Bridge at this stage. Hey, Mike, it's, uh, we're looking forward to a massive EPL season uh, this year. We're looking forward to you coming yeah. on our show again for another year and talking about the uh, the game because uh, it starts in um, not this weekend, the yeah. weekend following. So, uh, really looking forward to it, and uh, we're going to ask you the tough questions next week. So, uh, make sure you come back. It's uh, it's actually seven for ninety nine. So, it looks like we will make a hundred. Mike, I'll give you a ring during the week. We'll talk contracts, okay? Yeah, contracts. yeah that'd be that'd be great. I'm looking forward to it too. Good. Uh, I'll be on the other line making sure he talks about my contract. Thank. Hey, Mike. Thanks for your time. We'll catch up next week. Okay, speak soon. There's Mike McGrath. Always great to talk to him from the UK and from the sun these days and travelling around, mm. uh, getting a tan as Vinnie Venezuela said. Hey, we, let's take a break now and come back with more of the Diego's on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. Finish last in your league and they call you an idiot. Finish last in medical school and they call you a doctor. This has been a profound coaching moment. By the four Diego's. It's coming around the home stretch now. Coming up after Diego's, it's all night appetite. And uh, it's been a big day. The FFA Cup, of course, tonight. Uh, South Melbourne went down to Palm Beach Sharks on penalties, uh, 8-7 in the end. Heidelberg defeated Broad Meadow Magic 3-1. Uh, that puts them into the round of 16. Hume City also go through the round of 16. They defeated Brisbane Strikers 4-3 in extra time. And Metro Stars from South Australia defeated Blacktown City from Sydney to one. It was a big night of uh, football. Just quickly off the SMS. Hi, guys. FFA Cup is a great success because of romance of the old historic club's participation with A-League clubs. If a club has financials covered, they deserve a chance in the top tier in future expansion. Time should change as far as perception slash scare tactics are concerned. P.S. Which club will win the FFA Canteen Award this year? Pete in Bandura. Uh, they all will. Uh, from party pies to sausage rolls to savlakis <laughs> to all of that, they all will. That's it for this week's show. Thanks to uh, Mike McGrath and also to Jeff Olver for joining us. Thanks for your text messages tonight. So remember, Cuddlosh. Wherever Puerto Rican girls hang out, we'll, we'll be, be there. there. Wherever you Samba, Rumba and La Bamba, we'll, we'll be, be there. there. Wherever there are girls with fruit on their head and balls in their feet, we'll, we'll be, be there. there. Wherever gringos play football, we'll, we'll be, be there. there. We are the Four Diego's. Olé. Olé.